Hello, my name is Monique Camella. I am a trauma-informed feminine empowerment, self-love and relationships coach. I created the Good Girl Unleashed podcast as a way to support you on your journey to liberating yourself from limiting beliefs, trauma, suppression, so that we can all come home and live authentically and unapologetically. I support my clients and my community with resolving trauma, releasing suppressed emotions in a safe, supportive way that allows them to reconnect to their authentic self and create a deeply fulfilling life and rich, nourishing relationships. I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, so welcome to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. So I'm super excited to have you here, Kirsten. Um, Kirsten and I connected actually on our breathwork um, training in 2019, I believe it was. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've just been following you along your journey, like staying connected through the <laughs> the social media. The metaverse. Um, yeah, <laughs> the metaverse. And, yeah, I really loved seeing like the human design stuff coming out um and witnessing that journey and then i found that human design found me mm. and yeah it's become quite a big part of my world now and so mm. it's something that i incorporate into really all of my work and what i include in my coaching packages and i wanted just to give our community a better understanding of what is human design um, how can it benefit them? Like, how, how will this information really help them to live authentically and apologetically and in alignment? I yeah. found for me personally, it's been life changing to understand mm-hmm. not only my design, but my partner's design. Yeah. <laughs> me being a manifesting generator and him being a projector. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> it caused a lot of ruckus in the beginning. Yeah. When I finally understood how our designs are so different, I was more able to have understanding and compassion and Mm. um become less triggered (laughs) by him operating in his way um it also gave him a lot of understanding of why i am the way i am especially being emotional authority he is a splenic (laughs) so he's like why are you going into this why are you feeling this way yeah so yeah i'm excited for this conversation and just to really shine that light um and give some more of this this information to others I feel like it'll be really powerful and I think like there's so many things I wanted to share even of what you've just said is like one what a great name for a podcast firstly it's like that if that could sum up my journey (laughs) (laughs) and also what human design gave me I think that's it that's it in a sentence but also like I love what you were talking about how it helped you understand yourself but then your partner because I think what human design really gives us is it gives us a love of ourselves and an appreciation of ourselves. And then we have a love of others. And then we have a love of humanity. And I think it really just helps us understand and appreciate the variety and why people are the way that they are. And then we stop trying to change ourselves and we stop trying to change other people. And we can really appreciate how we all work together. And I think that is ultimately, you know, the the true benefit of human design on like a grander mm. scale. Yeah, I feel like that's exactly what like human design has felt like for me. It feels like the permission to be yourself because yes. we're so, we can be so busy judging ourselves, comparing ourselves, trying to change ourselves and then wondering why other people aren't changing or aren't different. Yes. <laughs> and it can cause a lot of disharmony and unnecessary suffering really. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like human design really gives us that opportunity to come home, to love mm-hmm. ourselves, to accept ourselves, but also 
to love and accept others, which just creates a really beautiful world. Totally. <laughs> so I'll hand over to you. I'd love if you want to just introduce yourself, how you kind of came into human design. Mm. Uh, we'll go from there. Beautiful. So my name is Kirsten Morrison. I am an empowerment coach and also a human design mentor. And basically I work with women who are, you know, predominantly entrepreneurs. I help them understand exactly who they came here to be in that really unique and authentic way and understand and amplify their soul gifts so that they can confidently pursue their purpose. And human design, as you said, found me. And I think that's really what it does. <laughs> it kind of stalks you until you give in and you're like, okay, what is this? I need to know more about it. <laughs> but basically, you know, how I really came into human design was in 2018, I actually first pulled up my chart for a workshop that I was attending that they wanted to know one of the specific elements in the design. And I pulled it up and I saw this really complicated diagram on the screen and I just thought, whatever that is, and just threw it in the too hard basket. And then in 2020, I actually made the transition between juggling my business and my part-time job and obviously, you know, basically left there in February and went straight into a pandemic. And the shift in my business was huge because what I had planned as my safety net to transition from having secure employment to being fully self-employed was all in person because at that time, breathwork was the primary part of my business. And I did in-person sessions. I had in-person workshops lined up. I had in-person breakfast events lined up and very little of my business was actually online at that time. So coming into full-time employment and then having all of the safety net that I had built in my mind mm -hmm. taken away from me and I really had not 100% certainty in how to do entrepreneurship. You know, it's very different to go from having a secure income and doing something else on the side and everything else kind of being a bonus to being fully self-reliant. <laughs> that jump in itself is huge. But to then do that in a world that quickly changed in front of our eyes was huge. And I was looking to my friends who were more established than me and who already had such great online businesses to understand like, okay, what do I do? Because the world's like pivot, pivot. And I'm like, hang on, I don't even know how to entrepreneur yet. I can't pivot. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, like slow down. And so I was looking to everyone around me saying, what do I do? Like, what would you recommend? Because I needed to come up with answers quick. But I didn't realize at the time that all of the people around me were not manifestors, which is my human design. Mm -hmm. And so I was asking for permission, which is kryptonite for a manifestor. That's absolutely going to create a repellent in our energy anyway. But I was asking for permission from generators and projectors on how they best work. And so- I was doing everything they were telling me, everything they were doing to the letter, but it wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And so a few months later, I'm still not getting any traction in my business by making this pivot online. I really have no idea what I'm doing and nothing that I'm doing is working. And I was really starting to get very angry, which is the manifest and not self. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I was at this point where I was like, I actually don't know if I can make this work. Like maybe this just is not for me. And maybe I'm going to have to go back and get another job. And around that time, human design had started to pop up everywhere in my feed. And I just was seeing it, you know, being mentioned here, there and everywhere. 
And I thought, you know what, before I throw in the towel, I'm just going to get a reading. Like maybe there's going to be some answers in there for me. Maybe I'm going to find something out about myself that will help me here. And I got a reading and it was honestly the most life-changing thing for me because it was this wave after wave after wave of permission of who I was that I had always known deep down in there somewhere was how I operated best, but I had always convinced myself that that wasn't right because I was looking at how everybody else was doing it. And in my world, I didn't have any manifestors around me. So everyone I was looking at was a projector, a generator or a manifesting generator. And so I was convincing myself that my way was incorrect. And so I wasn't actually honoring how my energy type is here to exchange energy and exchange gifts with the world. So of course I was getting no attraction at that time. Mm -hmm. And this reading just gave me this full affirmation of like, okay, great. This is why nothing has worked before is because you actually haven't been doing it in your way. So I left that reading feeling feeling really empowered and I started to put what I had learned in the reading in place and started to shift my energy. And so rather than coming from, you know, trying to pretend to be a generator or a projector and really in that I was in this very permission-based energy where I was showing up like, hey, like, what do you guys want to learn from me? If I were to do this, would you be interested? How would you like this delivered? And that's not what a manifest is here to do. You, a manifester is an initiator. So as soon as I stopped seeking permission and started informing, which is my strategy, my audience, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm creating. This is why it's going to be great. And I shifted the tone of my expression. All of the results that I had been trying so desperately to get in my business arrived the next month. Yeah. And then I started to notice like, wow, this actually works. Like this, <laughs> what I learned on this reading is, is so correct. And like my community could feel that shift in me. People were starting to relate to me more. I was, you know, like I said, getting the results that I'd been searching for and things were just picking up momentum so quickly that I eventually gave in and studied human design as well. And then brought that into my business. And I think because my audience could feel such a shift from me mm-hmm. in the way that I had come out of my shell online, really, that they were like, well, whatever just happened for you, I need to know about that for yeah. me. And so human design was such a big boom in my business. And, you know, for me, my, you know, energetic purpose on this planet, when you look at my chart is actually to empower people to be individually themselves. And so human design was such a great vehicle for me to be able to do that and help other people understand how to be uniquely themselves and step into their purpose from really harnessing the gifts that they are uniquely designed with. And so, you know, human design has just been life-changing for me, but I just love now being able to share that every single day with other people and help them have that moment of permission to be like, oh, wow, I actually don't need to be like everybody else. This part of me that I naturally know feels good. I don't need to fight against that anymore. Like I can actually just be that because that is actually me. And it gives our minds something to hold on to so that we don't convince ourselves out of actually that truth because we're like, well, I've got this piece of paper now that I can (laughs) say, hey, that thing that I actually want to do, that is actually correct to me. So I can stick to that and I don't need to compare myself to anyone else. Yeah, I love that. And it's so um, 
resonant for me just what you shared as well around like the entrepreneurship and everyone's like this is the way to do it this is the way to do that this is the path and it's like I was listening to another lady who teaches human design and she was like yeah all these people are like do it my way but maybe they're actually just doing it in alignment with their design and it actually just is not going to work for you and your design and so it's really about really understanding who you are and what your design is and how to work within that within your own alignment and it's like making your business work for you and for the life that you desire to have and I'm like oh that was just like a next layer permission slip because it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone is saying is is the thing like that shiny object (laughs) and like we want that kind of like I feel like there's a lot of conditioning around the savior of like, this is the thing that's going to work for me. This is the thing that's going to save me. This is the thing that's going to change it all. But it's like what I have found with human design is like that self-empowerment, like really feeling empowered in who you are and living in alignment with exactly that, like your Mm. design. Totally. And I mean, I have made so many investments in the past of that energy where I'm like, this is what I. This is the the magic silver bullet that I need to fix me to, you know, get things working again. And you know, even prior to that reading, I had invested in like two programs that were just not for me, and they just pulled me even further away from my design and left me even more angry and resentful. And what I really have noticed actually since implementing Human Design is it didn't stop me from investing in my growth, but the place that I invested in was instead of coming from that savior complex of like, this is what I need to fix me because this part of me is not working and I need to be more like that or I need to have those results was actually from desire. Like, mm. oh, that seems really fun. Like I would I would want to know more about that. And I know when I step into those environments, what's actually correct for me and what is yeah. not correct for me. So I can take what actually resonates and supports my design and I can leave the rest. Yeah. I've noticed that shift for me in in both um, kind of ends of the spectrum of like what I choose to invest in for myself, but also the people that I want to call in that I want to work with. I want people to come in because they feel that desire and it's like there's so much more available to me, like there's so much more I can do and experience and cultivate Mm -hmm. like from that really empowered space rather than like I'm drowning, please save me, where's my lifeline? Like, And it's like we're just kind of jump from thing to thing. So Mm. yeah, coming into like what do I desire? What feels in alignment? What feels exciting? Where's like my joy and um, like being manifesting generators, like following that that joy, that satisfaction. (laughs) And I've actually started to really be able to feel that of like, oh, this is what satisfaction feels like. This is what my aligned self feels like. I've been in, I was living in frustration for so long. um, Mm. And because I just didn't know that that frustration was actually feedback. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to um, maybe start diving into the different types because people are probably like, what are you talking about? (laughs) What is this? Especially if they haven't heard about human design before. So maybe we'll go into the different types. Yeah, beautiful. So basically... Before we get into what the the five energy types are, human design in itself, I really just think of it is like our soul blueprint. It's essentially the user manual for our human experience. And I honestly think we should all get one at birth <laughs> so yes. we can use it for our whole lives. And it's such a great parenting tool as well if you have little ones. But, you know, what 
really it gives us this beautiful combination. I think in the parts that we love about astrology, it gives us that, you know, soul path, the soul gifts, like our personality expression. It gives us all of those components that we love, but it also gives us a really solid understanding of the human being and the vehicle that we're using and how we metabolize stress and how we process emotions and how our mind works and, you know, whether we have will access to willpower consistently or not, like so many different things that give us an understanding of how we as the human move through the day to day, as well as what we're here to do and that bigger purpose and what our energetic contribution is. And so I think that's why it's so resonant for people is because it really does combine so beautifully those two worlds. And for me, like I love astrology, but it completely goes over my head. Like, I don't know how I, I've tried so many times to get into it. And I'm like, I just, I don't understand it. Whereas with human design, I feel like there's so much resonance because there's the humanness mm-hmm. <laughs> within that, that I think really, really helps in that day-to-day capacity. So basically we have so many different layers that human design go into, but the first kind of top layer in how we start to get split out into this really beautiful differentiation process is the five energy types. And our energy type is essentially the energetic vehicle that we're driving around in in this lifetime. And it gives us an understanding of how we're here to exchange energy correctly with the world around us. And within that, we have what you were talking about, that frustration versus satisfaction. We've got a not self and a signature to kind of give us these guideposts of when a, whether we're using our energetic you know, gifts correctly and whether we're actually stepping into our energy type correctly and we're then moving with alignment and we're moving with flow and we're moving in our stream in the world or whether we're moving against it (laughs) and we're not working with our energy. And like you said, it is feedback. So basically our energy types is we start with the manifester and that's my energy type. And so the manifestors are what I call the spark. They're essentially the initiators and they're really catalysts for action in the environment around them. We have what's known as a closed and repelling aura and our aura actually moves outwards into the environment around us. So we actually move any resistance out of our path. So once we get our eyes locked in on what we want to do, a goal, a vision, a dream, we essentially start moving in that direction with a pretty, you know, ferocious speed (laughs) and we want to get there like really fast And our energy actually moves outwards. And I kind of think of us like an asteroid hitting the earth. Like we really come in with these big energetic, what's called surges, and we kind of make this impact. And then we actually go into these periods, these deep periods of rest. So we are not consistent energy beings. We actually work best in big output followed by periods of rest. So that in itself for me was one of the most life-changing gifts I could have received because I really recognized how much I pushed myself to be consistent and how much I really, you know, demonized myself when I was not able to be consistent and how much I just tried to push through that rest period and how irritated and angry I would get. And then I would internalize that as like something wrong with me because everyone else can be consistent. Why can't I be consistent? So that in itself is understanding that I'm actually designed to work in surge and rest because as the initiator, that big energetic surge is the impact that I'm here to make. And if I'm not well rested, I can't make it. And so our strategy is to inform because we move quite differently to all the other energy types our informing is basically to lower the resistance in our path so that we can move from point A to point B as quickly as we would like. And so what we're really doing is we're giving people a heads up. This is what I'm doing. 
This is where I'm going. This is how you can support me. Hey, I'm going into a surge period. I'm not going to be available for the next four days. Or, hey, I'm going into a rest period. You're probably going to hear less from me. So we get to inform the people around us so that we can actually have a pathway to what our signature in, which is peace. So when we use our voice and we inform, we actually are able to move at the speed and at the pace that we need and what we like and desire. And that gives other people around us the opportunity to either, what I say, get on board or get out of the way. Because if we're in this beautiful initiating energy and our energy is moving outward, it's making contact with the auras of the people around us. And some people are going to be really initiated to want to be a part of that. And other people are going to want to move out of the way of that. And they're going to be like, okay, cool. You just go like, not for me. (laughs) I'll be over here. Like do your thing. And so for me, what I was talking about with that permission-based energy is before I was informing, especially in my business, I was constantly getting met with resistance. And that was also in personal relationships as well. When I was, you know, going to my friends and I was saying, hey, what do you think about me doing this? Or what do you think if I were to call it this? Or I'm thinking of doing a membership. What do you think about that? And I was constantly getting no's or like, oh, like how much are you going to charge? And what are you going to do? And you know, what's it going to look like? And how many people? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just want to like go. I just want to create this thing. I'm like, I've got this vision. I want to head in that direction. I'm excited. Like, let me go at it. And so I would then get really discouraged. I wouldn't do it or I would change the way I wanted to do it. I would do like feedback and, you know, go and do market research and all these things that you're meant to do. And then everyone would tell me what they wanted. And I'm like, but that's not really what I wanted to create. And so when I stopped doing that and I just started trusting this is what I want to do and this is the way that I want to create it, which is what a manifest is here to do. They're here to carve out new realities, initiate new movements, catalyze action. And so once I started doing that, I was then able to go to my audience and be like, hey, this is coming. This is going to be great. This is how you can get involved. This is what it is. And people's energy shifted so much, you know, going from like struggling to sell out programs Suddenly it was like, people were like, oh my God, what is this thing? It's so cool. I want to be involved. Like this feels so exciting because I was actually informing and using my voice in the correct way. And I still sometimes just, just for fun today, I love experimenting with things. Even now I'll just like occasionally throw like a little curveball in and I'm like, just just in a test, I'm going to ask a question or like, you know, do something like that just to see. Never gets any resonance. But every single time that I inform, people really, 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 you know, react to that and they respond because- I'm using my energy correctly. So a manifest is not self is anger. So anywhere we feel like irritation, frustration, anger, like any of those umbrella emotions, that's a sign for us that we probably haven't informed and we need to give someone around us a heads up so we can return to peace. Even in my creative process, I had to have so many re-establishing conversations in my personal relationships when I found out I was a manifester because people would give me unsolicited feedback all the time because they thought I needed help because I was previously constantly going to them for advice. And so when I started really creating in the way that I wanted, I started holding back and not telling people things. And then I would launch like five card decks and my friends would be like, hey, why didn't you tell me you were doing that? That's really cool. And I was like, because I don't actually want all of the questions in the way of that. Like that actually like really takes away from my process. So I would love to keep you in the loop, but in future, when I tell you what I'm doing, just be like, okay, cool. Great. Unless I ask (laughs) for your input. So even that in itself was having those conversations and helping people understand how they could support me in my energy, because it is very different to everybody else. So my personal relationships shifted 
my client relationship shifted. The way I even mentored people shifted. The way I used my voice shifted because I wasn't asking for permission and trying to dull my voice down. I was using my voice. I was informing. I was initiating through my voice. And even in my like mentoring sessions, I stopped trying to be a generator and like trying to respond and you know, extract things out of people. And I was like, no, I, I actually how my energy works best is to come in like the catalyst and literally just be very direct and say it how it is and say it how I'm feeling. And like that, you know, increased my confidence in what I did, but it also exponentially increased my client results as well. So there was so much power, I think, in understanding my energy type as a manifester and just has given me so much sense of peace back in my life as well. Yeah. And that just will create a ripple effect as well. Like the more of us that can be, I feel like in that signature, whether it's peace or satisfaction or joy or whatever, it's like that really benefits all of those around us. Like I think with the voice, there's a lot of fear to express and speak our truth and really live in alignment. Like there's this good girl complex, which is really what this podcast is all about is yeah. like that good girl unleash. And that's what I can feel from you and your journey of like mm-hmm. that kind of looking for permission and then actually just stepping out into the world. Like this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And then it's just like that magnetism, like just, yeah. Yeah. Amplifying. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And you know, even for me, like changing how my business was run, like instead of just being open and available all the time. Like I have, you know, every, you know, six to eight weeks, I'll take a week block off where it'll just be my manifesto creation time. Or after I launch something, I'll take intentional rest time. So it's just shifted how I approach my business and I've stopped making myself wrong for that. You know, even my podcast, like I actually used to try and do like a weekly podcast and a regular podcast or a regular newsletter. And that just wasn't in alignment with how I work. And so now I do seasonal podcasts. And so I create, you know, the last podcast I did, I think was like 12 episodes, 13 episodes. And I released them all over like a two week period And the podcast before I did 10 episodes, I released in one day. So it's like, I just kind of like throw it all out there and I'm like, binge it like a Netflix series, enjoy. But I create it in my surge and then I deliver it and then I go into a rest and move on to a different process. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, instrumentally impacted the way that I work and just allowed me to stop trying to be like everyone else because manifestors are only 9% of the global population. There's not a huge amount of us. So like I said, I don't have any other manifestors in my inner circle. And so I had to really take a step back and be like, okay, cool. Like what I'm looking at is not actually how I'm designed to be. And I have to continually remind myself that because I have so many beautiful generators and many gens in my field who are just like posting every day and on stories every day. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's not for me. It's okay. (laughs) I love that. It feels incredibly liberating. Like yeah. that's how I'm feeling in my body, just in your sharing. And I have a, a really beautiful manifesto client. Um, so I know she'll get a lot out of your share as well. Mm. and being able to resonate with that because yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, we are, a lot of us tend to be like confined in the conditioned way of being and doing. Mm. And this just really like human design just feels like this is the freedom to be ourselves and to be unique and find what feels in alignment for us. Totally. And so then we have the beautiful generators and manifesting generators. And I'm going to explain them together because they've got a lot of similarities, but then we'll explain what the differences are. So basically the generators and manigens combined make up 70% of the population. So they are really the energetic set point and the pulse of humanity because you guys have what 
none of us, the rest of us have, <laughs> which is the defined sacral center, which is when you pull up your chart, that beautiful square in the middle of your belly. And what this gives you access to is consistent access to life force energy, vital life force energy. And so the rest of us do not have consistent access to that. Me as a manifester, I do have another energy motor that's connected to the throat, but it's like a little motorcycle engine. That's why it burns up really quickly, like a rocket launch, and then I have to recharge it. But the sacral is this beautiful, it's the biggest energy motor in the human design system. However, there's a lot of misinformation out there that you guys are these energizer bunnies and you can just hit the 24-hour reset and just go and go and go and go. You can when you're doing what you love. And that really in itself is exactly what the generator and manifesting generator are here to do. You are here to live a life of your signature, which is satisfaction, which means that that energy motor in the middle of your belly you get the full capacity of that when you're applying your energy to something that is satisfying. Because when you're doing what you enjoy and when you're applying your energy to things that are satisfying, that motor starts to become self-generating. This is why you guys are the generator, because it starts to build that energy up in your body. And you'll notice when you're doing what you love, it's like you have endless amount of energy for it. It's like, oh my God, I could just keep going. Like, this is so cool. I just want to keep right. This is amazing. And it's like, it builds up in your body, that excitement, that enthusiasm. And then it actually spills out into your body. your aura, which is open and attracting. So I always say that the generator and manifesting generator, or it's like throwing a big energetic hug out into the environment around you. And you're essentially like drawing us in because we feel that as well. We can feel that excitement, that satisfaction, that enthusiasm. And we want to be a part of that. And that's what your energy is really conveying. It's like, Hey guys, this is so exciting. Like get in here with me and enjoy it. And so when you're doing what you love, it's not only benefiting you because it's actually physically restorative and regenerative for you, but it also is how you best make your impact. So we actually get so much benefit because you're bringing that life force energy, that creative energy to the environment that you're stepping into. And we all get this amazing contact tie of that. Like we benefit from you bringing your energy and your satisfaction to that. And on the flip side, when you're not doing what you love, that's what leads to frustration (laughs) because your sacral is actually expending energy that it doesn't really have. And so this is why you have your strategy to respond because your body is always giving you clues of what will lead to satisfaction, what will lead to frustration. The mm, the excitement, the little seed of curiosity, the leaning in, the like, oh, yeah, this feels like good. I'd like to know more about that. That like, little feeling of like, oh, yeah, this is fun. That is the part that's going to lead to satisfaction because your sacral is giving you the green light. It's saying, hey, yeah, we, we have energy for this. We want to apply our life force energy to this. Like our precious vital life force energy, we want to give it to this task. Let's go in this direction. Great satisfaction. The things that feel like a ugh, if I have to, I guess, uh, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, ugh, like boring, but cool, I'll, I'll do it for you. Like all of that sense of like that yeah, that sinking feeling or that like literally like an ugh, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. or the leaning back, you might notice your body kind of flops a little bit. That's the sacral saying red light, like do not pass go. We do not want to apply our vital life force energy to this thing. And when you say, eh, well, it's a good opportunity or, oh, I, you know, I feel bad. I should probably just do that anyway or this is what I should do or this is what I'm good at even though I don't really like it. It's what pays the bills. Like all of those things, 
frustration, 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 because it's actually draining your life force energy. And I want to give you an analogy. It's like, if you're driving down the freeway and you've got a full tank of fuel, you're going to get to your destination. It's going to be great. But if you are overriding that sacral no, it's basically like puncturing a hole in that fuel tank and driving down the freeway anyway. Like you're not going to get very far (laughs) and it's going to cause a lot of damage to the car. So it really is so important. And I think of this so often, it's like, this is why I'm so passionate helping generators and manifesting generators as well, because you guys are 70% of the population. Could you even imagine the frequency shift on the planet if 70% of the people on the planet were doing what they loved? Like the energy would be so contagious. However, how many people do you look around and you see are frustrated yeah. with what they do, how they live their life with themselves? A lot. So that is such a huge set point in society. And it's also not the generator or manifesting generator's fault. It's how society is set up. But this is why I love human design because it empowers us to start to make those changes because every single generator that gets activated in their satisfaction and starts moving in that direction is helping that shift on the planet. So it's so important to understand that. So that response is like listening to your body. It's constantly giving you signals of where to go. And that in itself is also the first point for the generator and manifesting generators to rebuild that that trust and connection with their body, which is huge because a lot of the times we lose that connection and we're constantly up in our head. So developing that body connection and if you're in a job or in a career or in a relationship or whatever that's frustrating right now, what I would say is apply your energy to something that is satisfying that's outside of that for right now. Like give yourself an opportunity to seek satisfaction where you can. If the job isn't it for right now, but you can't go anywhere else and that's kind of where it is, or there's something about the job that might change, or, you know, there's just a situation where it's like, okay, I can't get out of this right now. Go take an art class, like read a book, paint, write in your journal, go to a dance class, like do whatever you need to do to get that satisfaction somewhere else. Because the more that you open yourself up to satisfaction, the more attracting your energy becomes and you're going to pull in new opportunities. You're going to pull in new experiences. You're going to pull in new energy that you can then take and apply it in other areas of your life. And it's going to open up new doors for you. So put yourself in a position to give yourself the opportunity to experience satisfaction and also to open up new doors to respond to as well. So the way that the generator manifesting generator works slightly differently is the generator doesn't have a direct line of energy to the throat. So the way that typically generators operate, and obviously there's so many different things that happen in our design. So I'm speaking very generally, but the way that I kind of see the generators are like the woodpecker. They typically find something that they find satisfying and they become in mastery of that because they're like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to keep going and apply my energy to this. Whereas the manifesting generator, because they actually do have the defined sacral, but they've also got the energy connected to the throat. This is where they kind of have a little bit of a hybrid of the manifester in them, even though they've got the same strategy, not self-signature as the generator. They do have this kind of push-pull energy in them where they can be the marathon runner like the generator, but they can also then occasionally get the, once they respond, they can put their foot on the (laughs) gas and, you know, go into, you know, overdrive like the manifester. And what this kind of gives them the energy of is I kind of think of them as the hummingbird because quite often what will happen for the manigens is they're on most often multi-passionate. So rather than being in mastery, they kind of do this beautiful dance like a hummingbird going over here, dabbling in a little bit of this. Okay, I've got what I need from there. Okay, I'm going to explore this. Okay, I've got what I need from there. Okay, cool. I'm going to gather this from this. And they start to pull all of those little threads of all of the things that they pick up and collect on the way 
together and they actually are here to inject innovation and freshness into the collective. So generators often bring this really beautiful mastery and managers often bring this very complex innovation that they weave in through all of their multi-passionate fields that they've dabbled in before. So often for the managers, there's a lot of permission there to be like, oh, it's okay that I actually want to juggle multiple balls at once. And honestly, I Whenever I, you know, talk to my managers, like they've got so many things on the go and they're not even overwhelmed at all. They're just like, this is so great. Like I couldn't even take one thing away if I wanted to, because it's just all amazing. But for me, I'm like, whoa, like there's like six too many things on your plate, like right there. But again, <laughs> this is where it's helpful to understand because what often happens for the managers is we hear so often is like, you're too busy. You're working too much. Like you've got too much on your plate. You should take something off or you should just stick to one thing. And they're like, oh, like that doesn't feel right. But then they're like, okay, cool. I'll dwindle it back. I'll take things off my plate. I'll just stick to this one thing. I'll see it all the way through. And that's not necessarily how they're here to, to be. So I think there's so much permission and understanding how both of those energy types work. And I do really see that in, you know, my generator friends that are around me versus the many gens is like quite often my generator friends will have like, you know, one or two things that they just, you know, like they'll have like a mastermind as their signature off when they run it like all year round or they'll have, you know, a few events that they do like peppered in around that. And then like the many gens are like, they've got like six things on the go at all times. <laughs> it's like, it's just such a different energy, but it's still that same thing. It's like bringing their mastery with satisfaction, bringing their innovation with satisfaction. And I think it's that enthusiasm that is really the, the beautiful gift of both the generator and the manifesting generator. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that, like being very multi-passionate and like, but I like this and I like that. And like, but I should choose one thing to become the expert. And (laughs) like, again, what I've kind of been conditioned to, like, this is what I meant to do or climb the ladder in this one particular thing. But I'm like, but, but I want to do this as well. And then it's like, anytime I try and like, let me just focus on this one thing. I get all these different ideas, but I'm like, oh, Oh, shiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's just, again, such beautiful mission because what I always find with the managers is like finding an umbrella that it's all housed under, but giving yourself that ability to move and have that variety is so important as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. resonate with the variety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then we have our projectors and their aura works very differently. They are 24% of the population and their aura actually goes into the other. So they have a deep and focused aura. And so what this actually gives them the capacity to do is really see things in a different way. And so our projectors are like the eagle above the field. They can kind of see potential things that we necessarily can't for the rest of us that are just walking the trail. And so what the projector's main gift is, is being able to optimize systems, processes, and also other people's talents based on their ability to essentially go into the thing that's in front of them, whether that be a project or a person, and have like a little taste of it. And they can kind of see, okay, cool, this is where we could kind of, you know, move things around and optimize this. And, you know, you're really good at that. We can bring that out of you. So they've got this beautiful refinement and optimization within their energy. And so I always say to our projectors, like, their power isn't what they can necessarily do. It's what they can actually see. Mm. And so it's actually the unique unique genius that they've got and how they can see that is their power because projectors, because of their focused aura and because they don't have a defined sacral and they don't have an energy motor connected to the throat, 
the way that they work is going to be very different to the rest of us. And so for some, and it really depends as well, the projector has the most variety out of any of the types. Some of them could be nearly fully defined in their chart. So they could have like, you know, everything but the sacral defined and others may only have two energy centers defined. Mm -hmm. And so there's a very big variety of what that energy will actually look like. And I know some projectors who have heaps of energy and are constantly on the go and like the projector signature is success. So there's a big drive for that output as well. And then I know other projectors who do like three or four hours of work a day in this focus, short, sharp burst, and then they need a lot of time to rest and nap and recharge. Mm -hmm. And so what that actually looks like is very dependent on the rest of their chart, but it's finding that way of not overdoing it with their energy and remembering that it's not about their output. It's about what they can see. And so the projector strategy is probably one of the most confusing. It's to wait for the invitation, but I actually say to reframe that, to allow yourself to be recognized because your aura is like a spotlight. Not everyone is going to be ready or what you can see. Not everyone is going to be ready to be in your spotlight. And I think for projectors, there's so much out there in the world. It's like, go out and get it, like cold call, pitch in the DMs, like all of this stuff. And it's like, that's not necessarily going to work for projectors because how their energy is designed is actually to attract invitations, attract opportunities, and then they can decide if they want to apply their energy there. And so what that looks like is for a projector, it's like really owning the seat of their value their gift and what they can see and allowing people to step into their spotlight, allowing people the opportunity to say, hey, you're really great at this. Would you like to take this role? Hey, you're really great at this. Would you like to come on my podcast? Hey, I love what you do. How can I work with you? And for a projector to receive those invitations, visibility in the correct places is key. And so the more that they are visible in their genius, in their gifts, the more opportunities they will open up the doors for for people to come and recognize them and work with them. And so there's a lot of confusion around the projector of like, okay, well, that does that mean I have to wait for people to say, okay, I would love for you to do this. I want to program. No, like you can initiate anything in your own world, but it's about how you attract people into that. So say, for example, yeah. if you were a coach online and you had a new offer, it's like putting it out there and basically saying like, this is how I can help you as the guide. That's what the projector is, as the guide. This is how I can guide you. This is my expertise. This is how you can work with me. If you want to, this is how you can step in. And so it's just this really beautiful shift, whereas the manifest is very much like, here's the link, get in, get out. Like we're going anyway. Like it's, a, it's just yeah. a different energy, but it's similar. But basically the projector is really about allowing themselves to recognize because they're not self is bitterness. So anywhere that they, you know, maybe try and, you know, pitch themselves or push themselves into an opportunity or try and prove their value or try and get people to recognize them. Yeah. That's where the bitterness will creep in. The feeling of success, which is really just contentment as well, will come when they are recognized for their talents, for their genius. So I always say to a projector, what are the type of invitations you want to attract? Are you actually visible in your yeah. skill set to attract them? Are you visible in the correct places as well? And an example of this is I follow a projector online and she realized last year that she was pouring so much energy into Instagram, but actually her ideal client was on LinkedIn. Yeah. And so she shifted her energy and started putting her expertise into LinkedIn yeah. And then the invitations started rolling in like crazy. So it's also like, are you visible in the correct places? And then also, how do you want to be invited into those opportunities? Because it's really important for a projector as well 
to actually receive recognition in a way that values them as the individual. So like, say for example, you were a projector and I was inviting you on my podcast. If I said, hey, I'm doing a, a series and I need a projector, would you come on? Like that probably wouldn't feel very good because you're like, well, cool, I'm just coming because I'm a projector. Like I do other things too. So, you know, having that opportunity to come in and be like, hey, I love what you do in the world. I love that you work with women in this specific way. I love the way that you say that. You know, I think it'd be great and valuable for our audience. Would you come and share your expertise with us? That's going to feel better. So every invitation is not going to be a yes. So it's also noting where you actually feel valued because again, your perspective is as valuable as liquid gold. That's your mantra. So own that perspective, own that value, own that it is gold and give the gold to the people that actually recognize (laughs) recognize your genius and want to be in exchange with you. Because let me tell you, we need projectors. Like if I had a projector like that, I could have eyes on my life all the time. I'd, I'd love it. Like, <laughs> I just think that it's so cool. Like, I'm like, yeah, tell, like I'm, quite often I will, if I do go to people for advice as a manifesto, I'm always like, just so curious. I'm like, let me like do your little projector thing. Like, tell me what you see. I'm like, I want to know. I'm like always so curious. I'm like, just tell me. I'm like, don't need an invitation. So I'm <laughs> like, always so interested. So I just think that there is so much value in that. And that's, I think the biggest step for the projector is really like honoring and recognizing themselves first so that other people can recognize them too. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Cause I, like I shared earlier, my partner's a projector, but I feel so like stubborn and resistant to receiving his guidance. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I, don't think I, would, I don't think I'd be as open in a romantic partnership, but yeah. I'm just like my girlfriends. I'm like, yeah, tell me. What, what do you yeah. see, girl? Like- I definitely <laughs> noticed that difference. I've got a friend that's a projector and I'm like, oh, what's your insights? And I'm probably more receptive to receiving her insights yeah. over like, yeah, in the partnership, it's a little bit harder. But I definitely notice like depending on other elements that are going on, I am more able to be receptive of like oh I can see that now Um, but it's really fascinating because I'll get like a an insight or a download or something drops in I'm like oh my god I just had this like massive like light bulb moment he's like he's like I told you that a year ago (laughs) (laughs) I know and that's what I always say to projectors it's so hard for that (laughs) invitation right because it's like you're probably looking at everyone every day just being like oh I could have told you that I could have saved you a lot of trouble there if you only had have asked but it's like but also, you know, like you said, like he told you a year ago and you probably rejected it. And he was probably a little bit bitter about that at the time. Yeah. But it's like when you were actually then open and receptive to being in the spotlight, then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now you can tell me because I'm actually yeah. open. And that's going to feel so much better in the exchange for you both because there's a clean line of fuel between you. You're recognizing yeah. him and what he can see and you're also open to it. So there has to be that both. Because if we think about how the aura works, like the aura is literally going into the other. So it's like, I, like think about it. Like sometimes like, you know, those interrogation moves where they like put a flashlight up into people's eyes. It's kind of like that. If you're not ready for that flashlight in your eyes, you're going to be like, ah, get out of my face. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, intense. You know, you've got to be ready yeah. for it. It can feel quite um, penetrative sometimes. Like when, it is. When, yeah, it's, yeah. When, yeah, exactly. It's like it's being under a magnifying glass. Yeah. And I, was like, I, I went to a friend's house once and there was three projectors and me and I was like, oh, my God, I've got nowhere to hide. Like, Yeah, <laughs> and like, that's how it feels actually yeah. now that you say that it's like, yeah, feeling like you're seen all yeah. the time and it's, yeah. it's quite a vulnerable space. I remember being um, – I went to – Byron Bay to present at a festival and I was staying with two projectors my partner and my friend projector and I'm like I feel so vulnerable right now like I feel like you're both just looking at me and I feel so much judgment and I know it wasn't coming from a place of judgment yeah but I was like I just can't hide (laughs) this is like so confronting but I loved what you shared as well around like the permission to say no 
And I, yeah. I, that's a, a big thing that I work with with my clients and students is like, how do we really come into self honoring of honoring our yes and honoring our no, but like no tends to be a little bit harder for us to as yeah. like the conditioned good girl. Um, and that permission to be like, have that invitation and be like, you know what, that's actually not for me. Or even like with the generators and the many gens of like, mm. oh, actually this is lead, like, I'm getting that signal, that feedback that's leading mm. toward frustration or like, this is not a yes for me. And yeah. that's another permission slip. Like your totally. no is actually yeah. really valuable. And it's actually mm. of ben a great benefit to not only ourselves, but those around us. <laughs> Absolutely. And like all of the energy types have a challenge coming into that no initially, you know, manifestors are so conditioned to say yes and be people pleasers because we get so much rejection and resistance in our early life mm -hmm. that we kind of give up initiating and we just people please because we want approval and generators and managers you guys get rewarded so much in your early years for your hard work for your output what you do well that may not necessarily be what you love but people recognize that you could work hard at it and so then you start people pleasing and overriding the sacral no and actually saying yes to things that drain your energy and our projectors say yes to invitations because they're worried they won't get another one even though it might actually yeah. be a no and then our last little energy type this is a beautiful segue is our reflectors who are like rare pokemons in the wild magic cosmic unicorns because they're only one percent of the entire population and so it's quite rare to come across a reflector and i was absolutely blown away and so excited the other a uh, couple of months ago when I went to a party and there was two of them there. <laughs> it's like, let me interrogate both of you right now. Um, but what's interesting and different about our reflectors is when we all pull up our charts, the rest of us, there will be some, you know, shapes that are colored in. We've got some lines and some that are open and white. Mm. And the shapes that are colored in for all the rest of us are where we have consistent, reliable energy and the where energy transmitters there. Where we're open and white in our chart is where we're energy receptors, we're fluid, we're not fixed, we're learning in those areas. And for our reflectors, when they pull up their chart, they actually are all open and white. They've got no defined energy centers at all. And so what this actually gives the reflector the superpower of is they can essentially go into any environment and they know the health of the environment because they're fully open and receptive. They know what that environment needs to be at its optimal health. And so the way I kind of see our reflectors is no matter what they do in the world, they are really this beautiful impartial judge that helps us move society into a more fair, equitable and just community. Mm. And reflectors' true position is really at the centre of community because we need them as that kind of focal point to tell us what's working, how we can make it more fair. I kind of think of them as like the cosmic HR department. It's like <laughs> they know like what's going to be the best for the people, like what's going to be best for sustainability, what's going to be best for the whole. And that's really what they're ultimately here to do, no matter what their kind of role is. Now their aura is resistant and sampling. I think there's a lot of like misconception around reflectors that they're this, you know, very vulnerable little creature because they're all open, but their aura is resistant and sampling. So they get to choose what they sample and indulge in and what they can test and when they want to disappear from that. So they can come out and they can connect and then they can go and recharge. It's up to them what they actually choose to sample in. And so what the biggest thing for the, you know, reflector is, is like, 
rather than letting those open centers be a sponge, they can be a sieve. So they can sample it, but they can pass it through. And what that really requires for the reflector is coming into the recognition that they don't need to be like the rest of society. Mm. They're here to be who they are uniquely. And that can change at any given moment. But I think one of the biggest things that I've heard from reflectors is the reason they don't resonate or they have resistance to knowing more about human design is because a lot of the messaging out there is that they don't have their own sense of self. And every single reflector that I have met has been so uniquely them, like very, very niche, like, wow, like probably like some of the most individual people I've ever met where it's like, they just have like a a personal brand about them or something like it's so like, wow, you are you. But the reflector strategy is very different to the rest of us. Their their strategy is actually to wait a full lunar cycle. So basically, because they're so open, how their chart is designed to work is they actually need a lot of space and time. And so while they themselves stay fixed at the center of that, a lot of what they might do kind of changes a little bit and it kind of moves in very seasonal cyclical ways I've noticed. You know, I've got a a friend who's a reflector very close to me and what I'll notice for her is like she might start out the month with an idea but by the end of the month it's completely different or it's taken on a new form or she's maybe realised, hey, that's actually not for me. And how we can kind of think of this is because of how the energy transits around the entire human design chart, basically it has the opportunity for the moon to filter through each one of the gates in the human design system and it gives them a unique perspective. So they get more clarity as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And so what that looks like is if we, you know, if you had a beautiful geode like sitting on your coffee table and you were like, I walked in, you're like, hey, can you help me move this? And I could just see it, you know, when I first walked in and it was flat and it was shiny and sparkly, I was like, yeah, cool, I can help you with that. And then we get up to the table, we come around the other side. It's like, whoa, actually, that's a lot more dense than I thought. It's bigger, it's sharp. Okay, it's really dirty. <laughs> like, oh, I actually don't know if I can lift this. But I didn't know until I got around there. So for a reflector, it's really important for them to give themselves that time to be able to go all the way around the table to see all the opportunities and all of the different facets of that particular idea or decision that they might be making and to be able to see it from a full 360 perspective. So the biggest thing for the reflector is not to try and conform to society's boxes and not to let society rush them. They can be whoever they are and that can change and that can evolve and it can take time and take process. So allowing themselves space and time and allowing themselves the opportunity to change, to grow and to evolve as they see fit. Now their signature is really fun. It's surprise. So also like the way that I see a reflector is because they are designed to be at the center of community, but they're also designed to move freely within those communities. So like, you know, when you go to a festival and you go with a big group of friends and you're at one stage and you're like, oh my God, like I love this, enjoying it. And then there's just like something shifts and you're like, I'm over this stage. I'm over these, like, I just need to go. And you like go to a different stage and then you're like, oh, And then you're like, I'm over here. I'm going to move again. So that's kind of how reflectors are designed. I really see that with our reflectors is they do kind of move around either different groups, different interests, different workshops. And like when they can move freely and they can be who they are and they can take their time, that's when the reflector really comes alive. Now they're not self is disappointment. So anyway, they're feeling disappointment. They've probably tried to either fit themselves into a box. They haven't allowed themselves to move within either the correct 
communities because the health of the environment for the reflector is huge. So they don't access, have access to healthy environments. They're not in the correct environment. So they're not able to really move freely with and be themselves within those environments. So the more that they're allowed to be themselves, take their time and also like mix things up and have fun, that's when that surprise will come in as well. So you know, we can really see that, you know, for the reflectors, their no also comes from giving too much to themselves and not having that time for themselves. And also saying no to conforming and contorting into being different versions of themselves that don't actually feel authentic to them as well. So all of us have our, our no <laughs> to, to honor within that. But I also think we can see how we actually all really work in symbiosis so beautifully together. And I think if we all had the opportunity in society to let manifestors initiate and have the freedom to do that in their own unique way in the way that they want to do it that would create such an energetic shift and then also allow our generators to have things to respond to to also Mm -hmm. then you know bring that satisfaction into the work and the lives and the communities that they're here to touch and then our projectors would be able to step in and oversee things they would be able to give us efficiencies improvements and our reflector would be able to make sure it's fair just and equitable for all of us in the process (laughs) so we all work so beautifully together but we're not all designed to do the same thing and so i think that's the biggest thing it's like coming into that permission of like the more that we can all be ourselves, the more that we can actually work together and pull in the same direction (laughs) yeah it's it's so amazing yeah just to see how like yeah we can actually be this really beautiful collective community that we all get to be ourselves and actually live in our joy our satisfaction in peace in like yeah. all of these Success, beautiful surprise. things like yeah. imagine if everyone was in their signature what a fun world that would be but then i think when you look around the most thing we see disappointment bitterness frustration anger like So we can see how much society is actually pulling us away from our authentic self, but we all have individual control in coming back into our own alignment, which is going to continue to ripple out, as she said before. Yeah. And it's what's coming up for me now is like, um, how the body is is self-healing and it it has this desire to come back into like uh, alignment or health. Like it's, it's going to heal itself. You cut yourself or you fall over, it will heal. And it's like, what it feels like for me is that there is this strong pull to come home to self, to come back into alignment. But there are so many like distractions and so much conditioning and trauma and different things that can maybe block us from that. But there, I feel like there is this strong pull still, this strong desire. And I see it all the time in the work that I do, like we're looking Mm. for something. We're like on that path and we get those moments of satisfaction or like Mm. that um, kind of signature coming through that is giving us the feedback. Mm. But yeah, now it's like bringing more of this into the world. And one of the reasons I really wanted um, to bring you on to share this Mm. is like to really show us um, and the community that this is possible and this is how we can start to tell when we're out of alignment and Mm. what can kind of signal to us like, oh, this is actually more in alignment. Let me take a few more steps in that direction. Um, Because sometimes it's like there's a lot of talk around the healing journey and being authentic self and all of that. And it's like, but but how do I do it? And so I feel like this is so empowering and enlightening and it gives us a starting point. It's Mm. yeah, quite magical. Um, and I'm curious if you've got a, a little bit of time yeah. um, just to explore a little bit uh, about the emotional authority. So mm-hmm. there's lots of different authorities um, or there's a few, um, but like for myself, I'm an emotional authority. I'm, yeah, you're an emotional authority yeah. as well. And 
yeah, I believe it's around the 50% of the population. And I find that even if you're not an emotional authority, we all experience emotion and it can get really intense sometimes. And there was something you shared in one of your trainings that I um, watched a little while ago around how when you're in your emotional wave, it feel it can feel like you're getting dunked and i often get the picture in my mind i'm like i'm just catching a breath before this another wave like comes over my head and dunks me under and you mentioned like there was this way to actually become the surfer of that wave Mm -hmm. and that's what actually comes up for me now when i'm in the wave i'm like think of the surfer (laughs) how can i surf this how can i like and i've been really um i've made it such a priority to slow down like being manifesting generator and emotional authority I know yeah. how important it is to just slow down and not go into my kind of yeah. impulsive, like wanting yeah. to make a decision. But yeah, yeah, I wanted to share a little bit about that. Yeah, beautiful. And so it's so it's so ironic that I actually came up with that analogy because I'm so afraid of sharks. It's like my number one fear. So I've never surfed. So I don't know what it's like to be an actual surfer, but I'm an emotional surfer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically our authority is our decision-making center. So like you said, there are multiple decision-making centers and authorities in the human design system. But for the emotional authority, that's actually 50% of the population. So 50% of the population, like we were talking about before, when you pull up your chart, that would mean that it was colored in and defined. So 50% of the population are emotional transmitters and 50% are undefined. So they're actually emotional receptors. So for us as the defined emotional beings, we are essentially this beautiful emotional set point and we're transmitting the emotions out into the collective. And we really are here to ride the waves of our emotions. That's how we make decisions, but it's also just how we live our life. We're here for the full spectrum of emotions, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. And prior to understanding that I was an emotional authority, firstly, I had no trust in my decision-making process because I was always trying to put pressure on myself to make a quick decision because I thought I'd either miss out on the opportunity. I thought people were waiting on me. And I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought you were supposed to be a decisive person. And so I would then go and ask everybody, hey, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? I've got to make a decision. What do you think? And then I would get like 10 opinions and I used to call it serial polling. And then I'd be so much more confused. And then, you know, my mom would say to me, I don't even know why you ask because you just do whatever you want anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, what I didn't realize was I was actually riding my wave. So as an emotional authority, I'm here to go through the motions of like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, this is exciting. Actually, I don't know about this. And then eventually the wave turns into a ripple. But we've got to wait for that emotional clarity to kick in in order to know what is right for us. So now I just give myself time. I say, hey, when's the latest I can let you know? I'm going to have to feel into that. Can I get back to you on Monday? Whatever it is, I just need a little bit of time to ride that wave and, and get into that emotional certainty. But as for the actual emotions that accompany that, you know, I, I also have the channel of emoting coming off my solar plexus. So it's like on steroids, the <laughs> emotional process. But basically the reason I came up with this analogy is because we are riding a wave, but prior to knowing I was this emotional being and emotional authority, I had this channel of emoting. For me, I would constantly, like we said, get dunked. I'd get tangled up in the waves of my emotions. And I would really take it very personally because I'd be like, oh my God, why am I feeling like this again? Why am I in this low point again? Why am I confused again? Why don't I know what I'm doing yet? And I would really make it mean something about me. And because I was making it mean something about me, I was really prolonging 
the emotional intensity of that because I was investing so much energy into like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? I was like resisting it and, you know, really being in and like taking it personally. And so it was so much more intense. And quite often those are the times where I wanted to like give up on my business or I wanted to throw in the towel or I didn't believe in myself because I was in this low melancholic point in my wave. Whereas like now the analogy of being the surfer is rather than like just free falling and getting tangled and dunked and ripped along the sand and the coral and all of that, if we have a surfboard, we can ride the wave powerfully. So the distinguishing point for me with that was when I experience those emotions, rather than identifying as the wave, I recognize that I'm just riding the wave. And that doesn't disassociate me from experiencing the emotions, but it makes me a little bit more objective about what's actually happening in that process. So I know for me personally, especially with how I'm designed, that low point in my emotional cycle is often what's actually leading to clarity. It's often what's leading to the next big idea that I have. And so now I can kind of, I've tracked my emotional wave long enough that I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just in this part of the cycle. And I know these are the things that typically help me at this point in my cycle. I'm like, okay, I need to lay on the floor. I need to do breath work. I need some baths. I need some alone time. I need to go for a walk. I need to listen to this music. So I know what I need to support myself in that moment. So rather than being like, why am I feeling this way? I'm like, okay, great. Like we're here again. (laughs) What do I need? And it just gives me that point of distinction of like, this is just part of the process. There's actually nothing wrong with this, but this is how I can help myself while I'm here. And that has been the shift to be the surfer. Now, the rest of the population, that 50% undefined, they're also at the whim of our emotions because they're receiving that. They're experiencing our emotions and amplifying it as well. So I apologize for being an emotional wreck at times, our little undefined solar plexus. Um, but for us as defined emotional centers, the more that we can healthily process our emotions, the less we're dumping our emotions onto our undefined emotional friends. Yeah. And so what I really used to recognize as well, and I've you know tried to get so much better at this, is because as an emotional being, I'm like, oh my God, let me come and cry to you and tell you about what. And then I'm like not realizing that they're like, holy fuck this is really intense. I don't, I'm actually, I think I'm available for this. Like, I don't think I can cope because this is a lot because they're amplifying that and receiving that as their own. And so now I'm also cautious of like, okay, you know, sometimes I will go and I'll be like, do you have capacity (laughs) to like, I will like, you know, be a little bit different in how I approach it or I might just not bring it to them at all. I'll go and have my own process because I'm like, you know what, I don't need to bring them into that today. Like, so it's just like recognizing as well that like, that I I can have other outlets for how I process my emotions healthily that then doesn't impact my undefined emotional friends. Mm. And also what that does as well is we're also then getting into a more healthy practice that then allows our undefined emotional friends to also have more freedom to actually connect with and experience their emotions, recognize what emotions are not theirs to experience and which ones they can also release as not theirs to process and have conversations around, okay, I actually don't have capacity for this day. I'm going to remove myself. Mm -hmm. Like if you need anything, I'll be over here sort of thing. So we can all learn so much about whether we're defined or undefined. And it's actually really important that we do so because our solar plexus is one of three awareness centers. And we started out with just one, which was our spleen, which is our intuition. So that was like caveman times, like eat or be eaten. Instinct was how we related with the world. Then we developed our Ajna, which is our mental processing awareness center. And that's when we started to industrialize things. We became very logical. We started developing like things like psychology, like different things, how we were relating to the world in a very mental, logical way. And then 
we finally became nine center energy beings, which is where we then developed our solar plexus. And our solar plexus is emotional awareness and consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so we are now in the final few years of embodying this. So by 2027, we will actually be using our solar plexus as our primary point to relating. And I'm sure if any of you have online businesses or you're just in the online space at all, you've probably noticed there's even been a shift in what people are resonating, like psychological selling, psychological, like this is how you should live. These are the five, these are like not resonating as much because we're almost at the tipping point in embracing emotional resonance and connection and consciousness as our primary point of relating. That's why people are relating more to like, who are you? What are you experiencing? You as the person, like we're shifting how we're relating. And a big part of that is also coming into how we actually healthily process our emotions yeah. <laughs> as both defined and undefined, because if that is our primary point of relating, we need to know how to healthily process our emotions so that we can actually healthily relate to each other as well. Yeah, it's it's so important. And I see it all the time um, in my work with like, all these emotions and not really knowing how to process them and so many emotions feeling wrong and suppressing things and we make it mean something about ourselves like i'm all about the like bringing awareness to what are you making this mean about you because it actually doesn't mean anything other than what you make it mean (laughs) and so it's like releasing that story around it and actually that's what's been really life-changing for me of like oh i'm in a wave okay this actually Mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything other than that, I'm in the wave. This is an emotion. It's valid. Like I'm, I give myself permission to feel it, but I don't have to buy into the story of this means I'm not good enough, or this means I'm yes. not cut out for this, or this means that yeah. it's like, actually, I'm just a, like, yeah, honoring that I'm an emotional being and this mm-hmm. is the wave that I'm on. And how can I support myself through that? How can I love myself through that? How can I have mm-hmm. more compassion? And that's what I've found has helped me to move through that wave so much faster and smoother. It's because I'm not fighting it. I'm not like (laughs) trying to fight the wave, like just drowning myself. It's like being in the current, right? It's like, you know, you're not meant to swim against the current because you'll expend all your energy. It's the same thing. We go with the current. Yeah. (laughs) And Yeah. yeah, for our, you know, undefined emotional beings, there's, you know, the, the not self of that center is avoiding confrontation and truth and avoiding the emotional discomfort. So for them, their process is actually learning to connect with their emotions and be comfortable with their emotions and express their emotions and not avoid them, but also recognize what is actually their emotions and what they're actually receiving from somebody else as well. So, you know, you say, for example, I had a client the other day that was talking about how, you know, she's, her partner's emotional defined and she's undefined. And she had this, she was like feeling all these things and she's like, oh, what is going on? And then she realized that it was actually her partners. And she went and said, hey, are you experiencing X, Y, Z? And he was like, yeah, I am. And she was like, oh, it's not mine. And as soon as she acknowledged that, the emotion disappeared for her. So again, it's that sponge mm-hmm. versus sieve as well. So we both have so much to learn about emotions, regardless of whether we're defined or undefined. But I think as you know, defined emotional beings, we can definitely mm-hmm. learn how to process our emotions in a healthy way and, you know, discern whether we're getting dunked by the wave or whether we want to surf the wave. Yeah. And it definitely impacts, like I notice, like 
what you're saying really resonating within my relationship, like being with a splenic projector (laughs) who's like, why are you so emotional? I don't understand why you're like taking this so seriously or why this is coming up for you. And so he's been able to understand me, which has helped him to hold space, um, but also to take space when he needs to. And me understanding like, oh, I'm like a tornado right now. Of course he's going to want to (laughs) take space like, and also honoring that. So, and through my learning how to emotionally process, that like you said it takes that dumping off him and that expectation of he should be a certain way or to support me or show up when i'm like oh yeah this is freaking intense yeah um there was someone that shared with me that projectors will feel a lot more intensely so i don't know if um if you've got some insights around that but so i was like oh i just thought he didn't feel anything because i'm like feeling like I'm just exploding and he's like all the way over <laughs> the other side of the house. Yeah. And it's like, nah, he's actually feeling all the things on a really deep level. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think even how you both make decisions. I mean, the splenic is the fastest decision-making center and the solar plexus is the longest. So it's yeah. like, he's like, <laughs> bang, 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 like inner knowing clarity. And you're just like, wait, yeah. I need to like ride my wave for seven days. Yeah, because <laughs> he'll be like, oh, well, this is like, start giving me like an answer or a solution or guidance. And I'm like, I don't want your guidance. I need to ride I my way. <laughs> I know. I also feel like that's a very masculine feminine thing too. I feel like yeah. a lot of that masculine energy is like, let's come up with a game plan right now. And I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to hear your game plan. I just want to like <laughs> cry it out. Just let me be in my shit for a couple of days. Then we'll come up with a solution. Yeah. I don't need that. I just need you to hug me and tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the joys of navigating human life. (laughs) But this is why human design is so helpful because we can have a roadmap and understand why we do what we do. Yeah, Yeah, so I highly recommend to everyone who's listening to um, pull up your your chart and just start to have a little bit of like inquisitive curiosity. Like obviously you look at it and you're like, what even is this? Like there's a lot to it. But yeah. even just through this conversation, you can get to know like your um, your energy type, your authority, and just start to open up that that realm. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, if you're wanting to explore a little bit more, Kirsten um, has some incredible offerings to help as well. Um, yeah, if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, beautiful. So the easiest way to connect with me, I'm on Instagram predominantly, which is at kirstenmorrison.co. And then you can also head to my website, kirstenmorrison.co. I will also send you the link to pop in the show notes where you can actually pull your own human design chart there. So if you've never heard of it, you can pull it up there. Even if you have, you can pull it again because I have my own descriptions on there. So that might help you make sense of things a little bit if you have thrown it in the too hard basket. But you can pull up your free chart. Underneath that also there is a HD basics mini course. So you can just get that for $25 if you like. I just want to know a little bit more about what we've been speaking about today that expands on a masterclass on your energy type, your authority, and also your profiles, which are kind of like your leadership archetypes in the world. So if you just want to dip your toe in a little bit more, you can do that. If you just want to go all in and know all the things about you, I would definitely recommend having a human design reading and you can find that on the website as well, but I'll also give you the show notes too. But that really is such a beautiful session because it really gives you rather than just, I guess, the overview of what the things are, it helps you understand like how all of the moving parts of what you're seeing on the screen work for you and also how you can actually implement them in your unique life with the experiences that you're currently having. Because even if we all had the exact same design, we still are all having a unique life experience that filters through that in a different way. So having the reading is definitely a really beautiful place to dive in if you feel like that's something that's calling your name. 
Mm, yeah, highly recommend. Like it's it's definitely quite life changing to have, like you said, that that manual that really we should be birthed with. Yes. <laughs> I kind I often think like how did we how did I even navigate life at all before this? Like I know. no wonder there was so much turmoil. Um, yeah. But yeah, for everyone as well that is uh, in our Woman Ascending community, I invite you to jump in and share your design and let's start to get to know who's in the space. I think that'll be really cool. Like it's something that I'm asking people all the time now. Oh, what's your design? (laughs) I know. I feel like I just like people probably sick of me asking that now because I'm like, I can't I can't help you or relate to you until I know your design because then I can like really see you and give you all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for for jumping on and sharing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, there's just so much here, and I'm sure there's so much more we could explore at another oh, time as well. Like a ten-part um, series, <laughs> you know, right? Still not touch the surface. <laughs> so good. Uh, well, thank you so much. I will put all those links below, and I can't wait for everyone to hear this. Thank you. For many years, I struggled with accepting me for who I really was. I felt completely lost and disconnected. And I was deeply afraid of what others thought of me, of not fitting in, and I held the belief that I was never going to be enough for anyone or anything. And so I actually found that I was pushing everyone away, and I wouldn't really let anyone get too close out of fear that they would see the real me and they would see that I was no good and that would lead to further pain. It felt easier to be alone than it than to risk letting someone get too close and breaking my heart or abandoning or rejecting me. I felt incredibly overwhelmed by emotional triggers, I felt powerless and I just felt like it wasn't safe to be myself or to express myself. And so that's what I really have loved about bringing human design into my world, into my coaching and also onto this podcast to share it with you. It is something that I bring into my one-on-one work now. Whenever someone joins me for a one-on-one journey, they will receive a one-on-one session with the beautiful Kirsten because I feel like it is so important. I often wonder how I navigated life prior um, without having this beautiful tool and awareness of how I operate in the world. So knowing my energy type and my authority has been really life-changing. It has really brought me into a deeper acceptance of who I am and how I operate and has given me some really incredible tools. So what I do for my clients is to support them in being their authentic self, in feeling confident to be themselves, to express themselves in all areas of life. There is so much suppression around our expression, so much fear around speaking our truth, speaking our desires, asking for what we need, setting boundaries, having conversations. And there's this deep fear that if I express myself, if I set a boundary, if I ask for what I need, maybe those needs won't get met, those boundaries won't be honored, maybe I'll get abandoned or rejected or I'll lose love, acceptance or belonging. And so there's so much fear that holds us back from being in our fullest expression, from being our full selves, and that really dulls us, it dulls our light, it dulls our experience. And we find ourselves just 
getting through the day we often find ourselves stressed out or like we were speaking about in this episode around like the not self themes of disappointment frustration bitterness um, anger and jealousy or whatever it is like we're kind of getting stuck in those not self themes or in those negative emotions and there's nothing wrong with emotion it's not the emotion that's bad the emotion is feedback and it is sharing with you when there is something out of alignment something that maybe you're not honoring within yourself and it is guiding you back into alignment if you allow it and it's not about not feeling these things but learning how to be in harmony with your emotions how to express them how to receive the messages that they have for you so that you can move through them and come back to balance come back to harmony come back to ease and feel really in your joy be in your pleasure live the life that you truly desire to live which is so so possible but when we have these this conditioning and these core beliefs and these ways that we think that we have to live or these relationships that we feel that we have to stay in for whatever reason we are doing not only a disservice to ourselves but to the world to those around us when you step into your confidence to your fullness into your authenticity and live in alignment you are becoming the walking permission slip that really supports others to do the same so what i'm here to do is support you to come home to embrace your authenticity to express yourself with confidence with ease with sass with feeling like empowered to be in your expression excited to express yourself excited to have these beautiful conversations that will actually lead to deeper connections um, for you and those in your life this is what i desire for you to live life on your terms to be your authentic self to express yourself fully you deserve to live a magnificent human experience and we will go on a journey together where we will start to uncover what is blocking you from living the life that you desire from having the relationships you want maybe you're feeling stuck in different patterns like oh this keeps happening or this keeps coming up or i thought i dealt with this we're going to get to the core of what is going on for you and start to transform it I'm not about getting rid of anything. We're not here to like, oh, this isn't serving me. I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm all about embracing and loving all parts of you. Because often these things that we might consider as self-sabotage or coping mechanisms, they're ways of protection. And so what we want to do is we want to transform and update these protective mechanisms. We want to transform negative energy into positive energy and allow that energy to nourish your being, to nourish your mind, body, and soul. We're not here to get rid of it. We're here to embrace it. We're here to integrate it. We're here to come back into wholeness, authenticity, and live a freaking epic, magnificent, magical life while, we get, while we're here in this realm. Um, in this human experience and so when we do our if you 
join me for a one-on-one journey, you will actually get a human design with Kirsten included um, in that, which is going to be really, really powerful. What I aim to do is give you tools for life. It's not just about doing a program with me or a journey with me. I want to set you up for success and I want to give you the tools that you can utilize for life to thrive in all areas of your life. So if you want to explore more about working together, I'll pop the link below for my website, but you can also book in a complimentary discovery call where we'll actually explore where you are, where you desire to be and how to get there. And this is a call where we just get to connect and just to see what's happening, see what might be blocking you. And I can give you some guidance that will support you on the journey. And then if it feels aligned, we'll explore some different options that we can delve deeper together. That might be an online program or one-on-one coaching, um, or I might even have an in-person experience coming up that might resonate for you. But the way to discover what is going to be the best route for you to take, depending on what you're currently navigating and what you desire, is to jump on a call and let's have that conversation just to see what's possible. What do you desire? How do you want to get there? How fast do you want to get there? And let's take those steps together. I'm so excited for you for this journey. I'd love to hear your feedback, what resonated for you in this episode. It's always a joy to hear from you. And if you have questions, please share them. I would love to support you even more deeply and get those questions answered. Jump into our Facebook community, the Woman Ascending community. I'll pop the link below and share with us what your human design is. Once you do your chart, share what design you are. What is your authority? Let's get to know each other on that level. All right. Have a beautiful day. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you so much for listening to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. If you are loving this content, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of upcoming episodes. Please leave a five-star review to help me get these powerful teachings and practices to those who need it. If you would like to submit a question or would like to know more about how we can work together, send me an email to info at So much love to you, beautiful human. Until next time.